Thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, well, I, I, I appreciate that uh, rousing ovation there, and I hope that means every one of y'all agree with me and are real unreasonable and misbehave all the time. Uh, I, I, I want to first of all tell you, uh, every time I come to California, I feel like uh, I'm an alien I'm from the red state, and I come to California, and I say, take me to your leader here. So I've, I'm, I'm real grateful to be here, and uh, I've uh, uh, spoken up here in front of all this pile of people about a couple times, and every time I've, uh, I've never planned a thing that's, you know, I've, I've been doing actions for 16 years, and I'm notorious for never having a plan, but this time I, I, I took a look at all of y'all, and I, I got a plan. I got four fingers here, so I've, I've got a plan. And uh, first of all, I, I wanted to tell you, and this is also to Nina and Kenny and this entire staff of Bioneers, and, and, and I know there's been a bunch of speakers up here that has, that has uh, told you this is a powerful place. I truly believe it because the first time I came up here, out of this, out of this group came the unreasonable women for the earth, and out of that group of powerful women uh, came one of the most successful strikes for the Bhopal people. The second year I was here, we had, uh, matter of fact, on this very stage, there was a whole pile of unreasonable women, and uh, I know we were just talking about what it takes to be unreasonable women for the earth, and I still remember there was a woman out there in the audience, and she said, well, what are y'all going to do about the war in Iraq? And just spontaneously, we said, wow, we're going to do a vigil and a hunger strike right in front of the White House, and we did, and we did a four-month vigil in front of the White House, and I might add, after that, I was arrested by the Secret Service and banned from Washington, so that was another, uh, a little milestone in my life that I haven't told my mom about yet. And, uh, and, and, and the, uh, the, the third finger, this is my third plan here, uh, is I uh, came, uh, I believe it was last year, and I had a 700-page novel, except it was nonfiction, but it was novel-like, and I dropped it on Chelsea Green's, uh, they had a little booth out there, and I just dropped 700 pages, and I, and I want you to know that all you amateur writers out there, uh, Kenny was real instrumental, so I need Kenny's cell phone, and so any of y'all interested in getting a novel published, call Kenny. <laughs> Good. And, and the fourth thing I wanted to tell you is uh, uh, I'm on the lamb today, and I want you to know I am. Uh, have you heard the old saying is you can't go home again? Well, I literally can't go home again, and I've got uh, state of Texas got warrants out for my arrest. And uh, and, and matter of fact, I need a little collaboration from the audience because if y'all see anybody with a a big hat and he won't take it off. Just let me know. <laughs> I'm out that way. <laughs> but anyway, I, I wanted to tell you a little bit. I want to tell you a little bit about my official arrest. And, and, I, and I think I'm supposed to announce that officially I am not returning back to jail. I, uh, in 2002, uh, this was the Indian government 
was going to drop the charges against Union Carbide and uh, Warren Anderson, who was the CEO at that time, who caused the worst in environmental disaster on the face of the earth. At this point, over 20,000 people have died. Thousands more are uh, living a life that is a pittance of, of what it can be. Their, their lives are a struggle, and they've been struggling for 18 years. And in uh, 2002, the Indian government, with the encouragement from the U.S. government, because they do not like U.S. corporations that are being uh, legalized and are rather being uh, uh, sought after for lawsuits or uh, criminal neglect. And so they had encouraged the Indian government to stop and drop the charges against Union Carbide. And it was going to be, it was going to be something like a traffic accident is what it was going to be reduced to. And naturally, the people in Bhopal who had lost their entire families and saw their entire community die in front of them that night, that, that was an outrage. That was an outrage. So they started a hunger strike in... Uh, in 2002, and after 18 days, two of the women who had been survivors and had been uh, injured during that explosion that night, they fainted and they, and they ended the strike. And I had heard about it on the internet. I just spontaneously saw it on the internet. So I said, uh, I, you know, no plan, no plan here. I just <laughs> sent off an email and I said, well, I'll start a hunger strike here in Texas. And I still remember going, uh, Gary Cohen, uh, he sent me an email back and he said, now, Diane, do you know what a hunger strike means down there? And it's like, well, yeah, I do. <laughs> I've done about four or five hunger strikes, so I know how to do a hunger strike. And so I, all I did was I put out a call to the unreasonable women that I had met here uh, through the help of Nina Simons. And... That hunger strike, I was in front of a Union Carbide plant in Seadrift, Texas. I was in the back end of my truck. I think it was in July, and I get good tans. I've been on the bay my whole life, and I guarantee you, I got sunburned because it was so hot up there. And because of that hunger strike, we had over a 1,000 people joined. Eight different countries got involved. I think the uh, Norway legislature, they passed resolutions in, in support of it, and the end result was the Indian government reversed their decision, reinstated the charges, and matter of fact, they sent out extradition warden for Warren Anderson. Yeah. And the uh, well, and, and, the, and, and the funny thing is, is now this is kind of funny because I was, I was in front of that plant for 30 days in my truck. And matter of fact, I was right beside the. There was a little, uh, uh, you know, a little road that goes inside the plant. And every day, the workers go through. Here goes all the management. Plant manager goes through. PR people go through. Some of them. You know, some of them have a few choice words, and, and most just avert their heads because the corporation said, do not pay any attention to that woman out there. So they was averting their heads as much as they could. But the thing is, I was there for 30 days, and about two days after the hunger strike, I had been watching that plant. You know, I had a lot of time on my hands. I'd been watching that plant, and there was this huge 
tower, and I just got to thinking, you know, that'd be a good place to hang a banner. <laughs> and, and, and the thing with this is this was after 9-11, and they said, you know, I think, you know, you know, and even Kenny was talking about is how dangerous and that if a terrorist shot into it or they got inside, you know, you could have like two million people that died. And so, you know, this would, was a real concern and, and the uh, chemical plants, they went to Congress and said, oh no, we don't need to worry because our fences are real high. You know, people, people can't get into those fences. We, we got security. Well, I want you to know, 30 days with the same truck, I drove into that plant just to check it out. I drove into the plant to check it out. I really did, I really did. And, and I got a loud truck and it's diesel, it makes a lot of noise. People paid me no mind. And I checked out that fence and I was like, now is that electric or what? And I, and I decided it didn't look electric to me. So the next day, this is, you know, and this is, this is no plan. So these people who think you gotta have plans, no, no. What, what I did was, well, you know, I live on the Texas Gulf Coast and there's a lot of oil companies out, a lot of oil rigs out there and those workers are always losing their hard hats. So every, every day down on the beaches, there's just any number of hard hats out there, you know, white and yellow ones and brown ones and all kinds. And so I had a hard hat, I put on a hard hat, I got some sunglasses and I had the banner that I had on my truck, and I just took off down the road early in the morning when the workers go past. Sure enough, here come a truck, you know, need or lift, worker, yeah, yeah, lost my truck, can't get to work. And so I climbed in the back of the truck. They took me all the way into that plant. And, and what I did is after they all went inside the plant, I just walked around the corner climbed that fence, then I went around and I scaled a 75-foot tower, and I was up on that tower for two hours. They didn't even know I was up there, and finally I saw a security truck going past, and I stood up and waved at him. And then, and then that's when I dropped the banner and I had an old exhaust pipe from my old shrimp boat, and I chained myself and locked myself up there. And I was up there for eight hours, and they couldn't figure out how to get her down. <laughs> and, and, you know, and, and the funny thing is, is they, they just couldn't figure it out. It's like, how did she do it? And, you know, here you're up on a 70-foot tower, and pretty soon here you see the ambulances, and you see the cop cars, and you see all the white hard hats. White hard hat means they're they're administrative people, and, and you could see them. I could watch them, and they were like going around and around that fence that I climbed in, and they were like, they was like looking under, underneath it, like, did she get underneath? And I was like, no, over there, that's where I came through. <laughs> and so the end thing was, uh, after eight hours, they, uh, they got a 200-foot crane that's got a swinging, swinging little thing, and they got four fellas, a SWAT team, I mean, the, the black hats, the black boots, you know, black coats, little black batons, and do you know what those fellas come up there to get me out of my stainless steel pipe with chains? They came up with a pair of scissors. They're like, <laughs> I said, fellas, that ain't gonna get it off. 
And so, anyway, the end result was they tore me down from there. They put me in a straight jacket. They threw me on the bottom of that little cage and, and kind of stood on me, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, you know, these hunters that got their animal underneath their feet. And uh, the end result was uh, I got uh, arrested and threw in the county jail. And now I, uh, I got four months, $2,000 fine, which really amounts to about 5,000, I mean, about like a five-month jail period. And I remember the, uh, when I was doing the sentencing phase, the, 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 the DA said, he says, what is it going to take you to stay out of that place? And I said, there isn't a thing you can do to keep me from staying out of that place. And that is my intent. If they know nothing is going to stop us, then I think we're going to start getting some results. And, and I do know... You know, it's like uh, one time uh, I was someplace and there was a little book of Che Guevara, and I remember one thing he said. He says, we need to be bold and audacious. And I truly believe that. And I know, uh, and I, I was going to tell you my, my one little press release is that... Uh, I uh, did an appeal, I, you know, I got the five months, and I did an appeal, and I got an ACLU lawyer, American Civil Liberties, and he said we didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of winning that appeal, and sure enough, we didn't, so I was uh, a week into my, my little book tour here, and I was in, I had just did a, a national radio, and I got a call from my lawyer, and he said, uh, he said, Diane, when are you coming to Texas? And I said, well, I thought I was heading there Thursday. And he said, well, Friday, you show up in jail. And, uh, and so I just got to thinking. It's like, you know, Union Carbide jumped bail. Warren Anderson, they jumped bail 13 years ago. They were supposed to have showed up in court. And I just told them, I said, well, I'm not going to go to jail until they go to jail. And that's right. That's right. So anyway, I just want you to know when corporations who can kill 20,000 people quite literally and little private citizens go to jail for little minor climbing than towers, I guarantee you something's wrong with this country. And so it's, I think it's uh, very important that I stay out. And so, uh, as I said, I'm on the lam and I am hiding out from the Texas Rangers, <laughs> and, and, and also I, I've got a little uh, business venture. That's another thing. I'm, since I'm a bankrupt shrimper, I started a business venture for the fishermen down there, and that's the clue for the video. There's supposed to be a video. It's Texas Go. Here on the sparkling Gulf Coast of Texas, we produce the richest water in the world. Only here are the fires of industry and the once blue waters of nature finally allowed to come together and create what is quite possibly the most refreshing, energizing, and satisfying bottled water ever created. A rare and delicate blend designed especially for the businessman on the go. A crisp, complex refreshment. A state bottle by former fishermen right here in Port Lavaca. Try just one bottle of Texas Gold, and we're sure you'll agree. 
you'll never drink another bottle of water again. <laughs> Ingredients. Mercury, benzene, polyvinyl chloride, chlorine, lead, asbestos, ethylene, dichloride, phthalates, and copper. Harmful if swallowed. <laughs>